0: All right, welcome back. This is the Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Podcast. This is the 11th episode, and I'm your host, James Ford, and today I have with me Yvette. Did I pronounce that right?
1: Yes, you did. Okay.
0: And Yvette is also a veteran. Um, What branch of of the military were you in? Army
1: veteran.
0: Army. Okay, so she's Army She's not, she's not in the Marine Corps. She's not a Marine. she's not a crayon eater. <laughs> you know, she definitely wasn't in the Navy. We won't judge. <laughs> Anyways, so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, like what you did in the, in, the, in the Army?
1: Yeah. So, oh gosh, it seems like forever ago. Um, I was 17 years old. I enlisted in the Army. I was 25 uniform combat communications. Oh, wow. Yeah. That,
0: that's an interesting job. That, that's one of those jobs where it's like. No one can, re- because some of those radio equipment things are so, you know, they're, they're, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to them than what people, like, think.
1: Well, it's so funny, because when I went in originally, I thought I was going in as an MP. And then when I was at MEPS, um, when it came to finalizing the contract, as I'm finishing it, um, my recruiter wants to look at me with my bags in my hand and goes, Oh, your MOS doesn't leave until September. It was May. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm, like, I'm like dude what and he's like well I have another MOS that's available do you want it and I go well what? what is it it's 25 uniform what's 25 uniform do you want it or not Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so, so I didn't find out what um, 25 Uniform meant until about three weeks into boot camp. And then when I got to uh, AIT, they go, okay, well, you're going to learn 1100110. And I was just like, okay, binary code, let's
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's but awful. I mean,
1: regardless, it wasn't what I initially went in for, but it was good.
0: <laughs> we, we, my, my only question is, did you at least have a good experience?
1: You know what? It was overall, I think when looking back to it, I if I could go back and do boot camp again, as crazy as that sounds, I would love it. Yeah. Um, I think the overall experience, just the relationships that are made, like even to this day, you know, it's been, God, 13 years since I enlisted, those are some of the best friends I've made and I think all of us, everybody, regardless of whether they think they had an overall good experience or not, that's something we can all say, is like the friends that you make there and the relationships that you make there stay forever. Yeah, they do. Um, so that's something I definitely carry with me.
0: Yeah. That's, that's true. You definitely build a lot of relationships. I'm still mostly friends with some of the people that I served with. Some of them already went on social media, but, you know, that's probably for the best. Um, anyway, so I, I came across you. I, for the past, like, well, kind of, ever for about three or four weeks, ever since this kind of started, I had in the back of my mind, all right, I want to hear from, you know, I know there's going to be veterans out there that have got it that, that, and recovered, and, you know, there's probably a couple here in town where I'm at that have got it and recovered. But I wanted to hear from it from someone, a veteran specifically, cause that's usually who I, who I only interview, um, that got it, and, and I want to hear what, what it was like for them. So I, I found you, you know, through, I don't know if Task and Purpose reached out to you for the interview or how they found it, but they shared it, and that's how I found you. I just Googled, I looked up your name on Facebook. It was like, Hey! So, anyways, so now here you are, and that's wonderful that you're you're totally open to this. Um, anyways, so like, let's I'd, I'd like to hear, um, you know, what it was like for you. Like, you could just start from the beginning and just lay it all out in your own words. So how much time? Do you have? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> it
1: has been a long. I said, how much time do you have? Because it has been a long road. Oh, I
0: got plenty of time. So.
1: Okay. All right. So let's start at the beginning. We'll, we'll start very simply. Um, so I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I live out here in the kind of the Los Angeles area. Um, I am 100% healthy, or excuse me, I was 100% healthy at the time. I don't have any kind of um, history of any medical illnesses or anything like that. So at the time that this whole pandemic sort of started, it was being advertised like, hey, unless you're somebody who is maybe 65 years old and over, or somebody who has kind of chronic illness background or some sort of a, a medical condition, you are more than likely not going to be getting this. You're good to go, right? So that's yeah. sort of how it was advertised. Um, my, so I'm actually a security um, supervisor, and mm-hmm. I do large events out in LA. So the large events it can consist anything from a hundred to you know a hundred thousand in one gathering place. Yeah. And working jobs like this maybe five to six times a week. So, um, it's looking like if we go back down the timeline, that's most likely where I was exposed. Now it's almost impossible to say exactly the moment that I caught it. Just like if you got a cold or flu, it would be almost impossible to know exactly when the contact was made. Um, so basically, uh, it happened really quick. Like I, I, I just remember I woke up one morning and I had a really bad, um, a really bad headache. And the thing was, it was different. It was from the temples to like the front of my eyes. It was very much in the front of the face. Um, and then I have the back of my head was really heavy. The best way I can describe it. And I'm so glad that I'm having this interview with you because I feel like I can actually say things. You can say
0: whatever you want.
1: Yeah. But because on TV, you know, there's certain things you don't want to say.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: Best way to describe it. And I'm sure everyone watching will be able to relate this. (laughs) Have you ever had a really bad hangover? Oh like yeah. A nasty hangover. At least
0: once a month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so when you're laying back and you try to move, you just feel this crazy heaviness in the back of your head. And then a little spinning up in the front, exactly to the T what it felt like. And I remember that I called a friend of mine because they invited me out. And I go, you know what? I feel really hungover. But I hadn't drank. I hadn't drank in like two weeks. Um, but I was like, you know what, dude? I'm just going to stay in bed. Like I, I feel kind of shitty. Like I'm just I'm just going to stay here. Yeah, so I stayed in bed for two days. Um, and I also had really bad body aches. Yeah. Now the reason I didn't think anything about that was because, um, I do train in boxing mm-hmm. and I've been training in bo- kickboxing for quite a while. So, um, the day prior I had had a really, really intense training session with a new trainer. So when I woke up, my body aches were really bad, but it was more so like in the top of my back, but I figured it was just from throwing these punches. Mm-hmm. So really bad headache. And really bad body ache, specifically in my upper back. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I was like that for two days. On the third day when I woke up, mind you, I'm in my room at this point. It, I wasn't purposely self-isolating. I just felt that terrible that I was alone. So on the third day when I woke up, I noticed that I had my a sore throat, but it was unlike any other kind of sore throat. It was almost like I had shards of glass in my throat. And it was weird because I've had strep throat, I've had, you know, laryngitis. This was totally unique.
0: Mm. Um,
1: So I wake up with a sore throat and I start noticing I have a little bit of a cough. Um, It was completely dry. There was no phlegm or anything. And as the day progressed, I noticed the cough started to get worse. So the cough is getting worse. Um, My throat is killing me and I start getting these kind of hot sweats. Yeah. But it wasn't until that night on the third day that I start coughing. And I was coughing so bad that after I was done coughing, I would go to catch my breath and I was gasping. I felt like I was gasping for air. And yeah. mind you, I don't have asthma, I don't have any anything. So I think at that point, um, it was so bad that I said, okay, something's weird, something is not right, I think it's time to go get checked out. Mm-hmm. Because it, it made me a little nervous. Um, so I drove myself to the hospital, it was the VA in Long Beach. Um, so I, go, I get to the VA and Mind you, this whole time I'm going, I'm hearing about that COVID stuff on TV, but that doesn't hit me because I'm only 30 years old, and I'm that's a, for that's for those people. And
0: I'm assuming, from from that your VA treated you well, because we all know that the rumors going around the VA.
1: That's what I was. I was just about to say that. Like I, this is my first time being at the VA. Yeah. Um, in the hospital. Yeah. And I didn't really know what to expect because, like, I remember back when I was in the military. It's kind of like, hey, shut up, drink some water. Hey, here's some o here's some ibuprofen. Yeah, here's have, a, have, a, have a good day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't really know what to expect. I'm just like, okay, is it going to be like it was back then? Or is this going to really be a good hospital? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm walking up to the VA. I'm coughing up a storm. And this was very early on. This was before. like Now I think they're a little bit more set up. But I walk up and I get stopped right away at the doors. But I didn't even make it inside. And they went down this checklist like, what are your symptoms? And as soon as I started telling them, how they grabbed a mask and like. How
0: sorry. long ago was this? Like, this how,
1: was on. I got symptoms on the night 9, 9, 10, 11. This was on the 12th. Oh, Excuse wow. Me, on 12th of March.
0: I was like right, right around the time I had my surgery. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I guess we were at the hospital at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so they sm- they throw this mask on me, and they're like, okay, go over there. There's a white tent. Go into the white tent. And, like, she instantly, like, ugh. <laughs> but she didn't mean to. You could tell she didn't mean to. She just got kind of nervous. Yeah. Um. So I look over, and there was these white tents set up out in front of the VA, which looked like something straight out of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so – I go into the tent I'm in there there's four other vets with me old timers which was um I'm looking and they had us so close together that's what was so crazy to me because I'm thinking like hey if we had COVID I'm right next to this guy right
0: and he doesn't you know he may not have it you know
1: he may not have it but he might and they're coughing and the thing is with these old timers and we all know this when we go to the VA they love to talk they do <laughs> So I've got my dude and, and I love it and I love it, don't get me wrong. But the whole time I'm like <gasps> trying to breathe. And old timer over here, he just wants to talk and, and I'm doing my best. But man, I, I noticed that my symptoms were so much more intense than everybody else's. So these guys, and someone might have had a little cough or whatever it was, but nobody was acting like I was. You know, yeah. I was trying to breathe and everything else, which that to me was a red flag right away. Um, but they're the ones that are supposed to have it, not me, right? Yeah. So what they did was they don't test you right away, they do process of elimination. So basically they test you for everything that could potentially be an upper respiratory infection. So they test you for the flu, for strep throat, bronchitis, and one by one these guys started getting picked up. All right, sir, you have this, here's your medicine, have a nice day. And before I know it, I'm the only one left in the tent. Oh man. <laughs> and the the nurses are looking at each other kind of like uh and i'm like okay something's up because why are they looking at each other like that right yeah so they it was a nurse and it was uh i think it was a doctor and they came to me and they are very serious you know very they go um so miss pause we, we just need to tell you we are very concerned about you and and we uh are going to go ahead and test you for COVID because you tested negative for everything else. Yeah. So you can imagine my reaction. I'm just like, um, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and there's no way, but sure. So they go, all right. And they bring this, this little Q-tip thing and, and, and they bring it up and he's like, okay, well, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And he went in with this thing. And I was like, okay, if you were trying to test my brain, you got it. <laughs> you got the brain. You know, But you know what? It's so quick. It's so quick. Like people are afraid of it. But by the time you feel it, it's already taken out. It, it yeah. was really fast. Um, so I felt really bad. But they were like, all right, well, now that we have the test, the test is not going to stay here. It doesn't get tested there. It gets sent out to a different organization and you wait three to four days for the results.
0: Oh, that's awful.
1: Yeah. So this, this is what I'm being told. And I already feel like shit, right? Yeah. So they go, okay, so for three to four days, you're going to go to your room. You're going to stay there. Um, what did they say? They, I think they sent me – they gave me ibuprofen. That's what it was because I, was, uh, I wasn't I was feeling well. Yeah. So they're like, here's some ibuprofen. What everyone at the
0: time was telling everyone not to take. And There's so many yep. – mis- anyways, we'll get to that later.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> yeah. there. So they give me ibuprofen and they go, all right, stay in your room for three to four days. If you don't receive a call from anybody, that means you're negative. So yeah. I said, hold on, time out. I go, so does that mean that if if I'm negative, wait, if I'm negative, I don't get anything? Nope. If you're negative after after three to four days, you, you're good to go. That's a little nerve-wracking on its own. Yeah. Because I'm like, I mean, you could at least let me know. And they go, well, no, because we have so many people that are testing. We just don't have the resources or bodies to be sitting there on the phone all day calling all the negatives. Okay, okay. no problem. So I go home with my little ibuprofen. Uh, and I was in within- it's now the interesting thing there was I started to feel better and this is really important because this is something that the doctors are saying is a pattern it's a behavior that's happening with COVID my uh, I, I was taking the ibuprofen my throat pain went away completely like it was gone the body aches started to go away um, the fever started to calm down um, the only thing I had left was kind of this little cough but that was it yeah. my energy was back. so Four days go by and I never received a call. Nothing. So guess what I did on day five?
0: No, you went out. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm feeling better. I'm like, all right, I'm negative, I'm good. I went out with my mom and my sister. Um, I was with my baby niece. I went out with some girlfriends uh, to this place out here um, locally. And we had a couple of drinks, of course. And there was, okay. there's gotta be almost 200 people in this place. <laughs> yeah. Almost 200 people, okay?
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so then my sister and I—we go, we get our nails done in the afternoon, and I'm finished. I pay hey, the lady. We get in the car, and my phone rings. On day five.
0: On day five. They
1: go, Hello, we're calling from the Department of Public Health. We just wanted to let you know um, that you are coronavirus positive.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> As I'm staring at my sister, and I'm just going, "Time out." I tested five days ago. I was told that it was. Yeah, no, we apologize. There's been a delay on the phone calls because of resources. And I'm just now I'm freaking out because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just exposed so many people. And at this point, the way that the media was sort of perceiving it, not purposely, but I think it's just the way it was sort of being seen is like, if you have coronavirus, like say goodbye to your family, you know, you're done. That's the end of it for you. Yeah. So when I'm hearing this, I'm like, wait, what do I do now? Because I just exposed all these people and now, but I feel fine. So that's what I said to them. I said, you know, I feel fine. I I don't understand. Well, they said, all you're gonna do is you're gonna go back into your room, you're going to stay there for 14 days, and then after those 14 days, you're good to come out. However, they said, if you do feel any um, any worsening symptoms, make sure you go to the hospital right away. Yeah. Oh, sure, no problem. So I didn't wanna panic, I did tell my mom, who freaked out, as you could probably imagine. Um, but I just went up into the room, and I, I was done for the day. I mean, at this point, it's maybe 8 p.m., so I get dressed for bed. I laid down. Now, when I laid down, and this is the day they called me, when I went to lay down, the cough came on, but really, really violently. And I was coughing my guts out. And then all of a sudden, it got to the point where the gasping turned into a sensation of drowning. I felt like I was drowning in my own lungs.
0: Oh, my gosh. I remember I
1: came off the bed. I was on the floor on my hands and knees, gra- like gripping onto my bed, trying to breathe. Because I felt like my lungs were not getting oxygen.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: That freaked me out because I've never had anything like that. So I would get little bits of oxygen, just enough to kind of keep me, keep me breathing, but it was terrifying. So, so you,
0: so you had pneumonia for sure.
1: That's that's what it was. And then, so, so the fluid
0: was probably like at, at the bottom of your lungs, and when you laid back, it rolled up into and
1: that's exactly what happened because when they looked at the, uh, when they looked at the cat scan and everything, they said that the da- the damage and everything that was done on my lungs was started at the base. So that's exactly what it was. Oh, um, man. so fast forward, I drive back to the VA. Um, they look at me again, they do all the tests again and they go, okay, well you have severe pneumonia. Um, we're hospitalizing you, you're staying. So <laughs> I get in there, they do a chest x-ray and they did show, um, starting at the base of the lungs, there was um, lung damage. Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what what it was going to look like but hey here we go so they threw me they put a mask on me they covered me up they were completely covered and they put me up on the fourth floor which for us it's called the dou the uh, the direct observation unit that's negative pressure room um it's crazy it was crazy what's a negative pressure room go ahead
0: What's a negative pressure room? Some people. So don't... a
1: negative pressure from, mind you, I'm not a medical professional or anything, but it's supposed to just be like the air, it gets purified in there on its own. So there's two big old sets of glass doors to even get into there. And if you go in there, you have to be, you have to have a suit on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something to do with, with the pressure in the room. And it, it's like a self cleaning, it cleans the air or something like that.
0: So it probably, probably helps like manage the air pressure through your lungs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but I think it also helps uh, to keep, so uh, on the other hand, the room was always very warm. Mm. Um, and I think we all know that hospitals are usually freezing. So I was hearing something about the the virus doesn't do well in heat. Mm-hmm. So you remember that, so I don't know, I'm sure all of that comes into play with it. But yeah. um, basically they put me into this room, it was- one like these nurses there's there's no connection there's no direct connection with the nurses because all you see is a set of eyes through goggles you don't see anything else yeah so all right I mean just the connection there is hard and when they come when they come in you can you can see them sort of doing one of these and <laughs> I'm like trying to ask questions that they're sort of doing this but the thing was you could tell that they were fighting because I have to say apart from all the rumors of the VA I've been in hospitals in the past. Mm -hmm. These were some of the nicest, most amazing people that I've ever had taking care of me. Um, So they did a great job. It's just you can sense the frustration of like, we don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah. So um, the first three days were very rough. Um, I do remember that they just kind of blurred, like they blurred, It, it was a big blur. I was sleeping so much and then when I would wake up, I didn't have any energy. The coughs were so bad that I started having these coughing attacks where I actually couldn't breathe Mm -hmm. and they would have to come in and put me onto an oxygen, you know, just the oxygen tube, just to get me to breathe. And they were trying inhalers. They were trying, they tried like a breathing treatment, but then they took it off. Um, but I know going back to the ibuprofen comment that you made earlier, when I came back the second time, they said, do you have the ibuprofen that was given to you? Yes, I do open your purse right now take it out of her purse like they wanted to physically see it come out of my belongings and trashed yeah
0: because
1: i don't know i don't know exactly what the effect is but they were really adamant of like get that away from her right now
0: yeah
1: yeah so i am in there for three days um it was terrible they had done another cat scan and x-ray on the third day to compare it to the first day and they were showing that the lungs were getting Progressively worse. Yeah. So I had not turned the TV on for the first two and a half days. I mean, I was just almost lifeless. I was exhausted.
0: This is the Um, this is the part that I sympathize with you because you're up there alone, no contact, no socialization, and that is like.
1: what's crazy. This is the craziest part. Check this out. So. When you're in there, in in my case, mind you, I can only speak to my case because I know that there are some that are so much worse than Mm. what I went through. I was not on a ventilator because there's a certain percentage that gets you on a a ventilator. If you go below a certain percentage, like your oxygen level anyway, that's when they put you on the ventilator. Mm. I was just above it, so I didn't actually require the ventilator. So um, the way that this this uh virus behaves is like a roller coaster. Okay. So you'll have moments where you're down in the dumps and you feel terrible, but then you'll have these moments where you're like, I'm okay. Yeah. And that's what's happening to me. So during those moments where I felt okay, I'm a very social person. You're in this room completely alone. I mean it just got what do you do?
0: That's rough. You know,
1: <laughs> like I can't see anyone. I can't talk to anyone. I've got all these pins and needles in me. Like it it was pretty crazy. So um on the first day, I, I've i always been very social, very vocal, and um, I do have, you know, my Facebook friends and my family, so I was like, you know what, let me just make a little video um, to let everybody know I'm okay, to sort of let them know what's going on, so I did. Shot a quick little video on my cell phone, uploaded it, upload it to Facebook, and I went to sleep. The next morning I wake up, it says 27,000 views. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like what (laughs) it got
0: shared so many times
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so so it got shared all you know and then i did a second one on the second day and that one went viral as well because it was symptoms and that one even got more so i think at that point i was like okay you know what i'm going to document this and i'm going to be super candid and i'm going to just say everything because um there's so at, at that time there was so much fear. This was when, like, here, I don't know how it was out there in Texas, but here in California, people were losing their minds. I mean, the, they were fighting in the, in the stores for toilet paper, and they were, you know, it, it, just, it got so hectic here. Okay. And what I was trying to do was I was trying to show the virus working in real time mm-hmm. to maybe put some people's mind at ease just to let them know the information the doctors were giving me. Um, and that's that's sort of what I started doing. Um, but yeah, the, there were moments in there, like, I'll, I'll give you one example, or I, I think I, I told you, no, 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 I, I didn't tell you, I'm sorry, I told someone else earlier. Um, so I'm in there, I start having one of these coughing attacks and it was so scary because then this was the most intense one on the third day, I felt like my lungs were just not expanding anymore. Yeah. It scared me. I remember I jumped up forward on my bed and I'm gripping onto the sides, trying to breathe. I have tears rolling down my face, not because I was crying, but because of the pressure that was built up. Mm -hmm. And I'm frantically pushing this button to get my nurse to help me.
0: Yeah.
1: And it didn't.
0: How fast? Didn't come
1: for like 10-15 minutes. Oh, that. Because they had to suit up.
0: I would have been. That that's frustrating. That's so frustrating. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And but but it's it's for their safety. They cannot go into that room without the proper equipment. Yeah. So it just it was insane. By the time they did come in you know, luckily I had worked through it and I was able to, but it, it, what that does to a person's mind, being completely alone, thinking like, Hey, if something is going to happen and, and I, something terrible happens, the worst happens, it's going to happen. And I'm going to be completely alone. And I'm going to be watching nurses through this glass door, putting on a coat. That's going to be my last image, you know? So it does something to you mentally. It, it, it is a battle that you know, I've told many people before, like, I'm glad it was me because if that would have been my mother or my sister or somebody else, they, you have to be really mentally ready for it.
0: Yeah, you have to be so, men- mentally, yeah. that That's something, too, I want you to, like, elaborate on because that's like, I, I, was, ta- I was talking to me, I was talking to one of my civilian friends, you yeah. know, like, the way that I got through combat is I was ready to die. You know, and back yeah. in my head I'm like thinking there's a real chance I'm going to die I don't want to but it could happen right. but knowing this knowing this made me work harder in the end you know because I was ready for the worst case scenario even though I wasn't negative I still had a great outlook so like how, how, how like what, what about this like so elaborate on like the type of mindset that, that like how this affected you you know like from, from like the beginning to the end of like being in this hospital scenario like how how have you changed as a person yeah.
1: so there there's been quite a bit of change i think um so i think first when you when i went into the hospital i you could almost say i was had an ignorant mindset um and ignorant to the fact uh that i'm invincible You know, this, this can't touch me. I I don't have what these old timers have, you know, that's for them. This is not for me. And that was a very ignorant way to think. Um, Because although, yes, there was information being pushed out there. I didn't know the facts. I didn't research anything. I was not educated on it. And I was just assuming because, you know, of my lifestyle, I was so overly confident. And I got smacked in the face. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was a huge dose of reality, saying, "Hey, you're not invincible.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, you you're just like everybody else, and 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 we're gonna go through this, and let's see let's see what happens, right? So when I'm in the hospital, um, <clears throat> when I was in the hospital, it was really sort of one of those, you 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 take you you appreciate the little things, and what I mean by that is I'm very social. I, I I'm a chatterbox, if you can't tell. Yeah, uh, you know, I like to
0: talk. And you're I, so I positive, like to, though. What was that? <laughs> so you're so positive though. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I just I just have a ton of energy and I'd like to be able to, you know, sit here with a drink, you know, if I want to. I like yeah, to be exactly. with my friends over. Like I just I I had I think I built this very flowy life and to lose all of it, not just to lose that, but you lose your humanity. You're not treated as a human anymore. You are treated as a diseased object. Yeah. Literally yeah. You know, it, it's just—it's crazy. Like the, the only way I could compare it is like if you guys, you know, the movie Thor, or, yeah. or maybe 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 it was the Avengers. But when the hammer comes down and they build this huge, you know, it's on the ground, and they build this huge like quarantine space around it, and everyone's got these hazmat suits because it's this like foreign alien object. Yeah, that's how you treat it, yeah. which is insane to me. I'm like I'm a human being, but my humanity at that point was gone. It's like, I was
0: it's like a of it. scene out of ET or something like that, you it know.
1: Is, that's, it was insane, and it, it really it's it's a very humbling experience um, because I mean I like I said I, I never thought it would I'd get sick. Yeah. And my sister has gotten sick. I mean I've had people in my family, but it's just never really happened to me. So you go through this whole change, and then you see you know I'm somebody who physically is very fit so on top of hey i can get sick to now my very fit body i can barely move i can barely move my muscles i can barely move myself that alone for somebody who takes pride in their health that weighs on your mind because you feel like you're losing control of your own body and that is absolutely terrifying i mean i remember i would uh, I think it was the second, second and third day I was making my videos and the color in my face was completely flushed. I was oh, completely gosh. pale. My eyes looked like they had black circles. I mean, I was losing my... my Everything I had... Mm-hmm. And I could see it, visibly see it. So the first three days, I think, were incredibly taxing on the mind. I mean, there. I remember um, I had... <laughs> Just to keep me feeling human, I ordered food one day, and it was one of those moments where I got a little bit of energy, and I was like, I need I need to do something that makes me feel like I'm a human being. Yeah. I ordered pizza from Pizza Hut, <laughs> because they were delivering, so I called my nurse, and I was like, hey, um, can I order food, because <laughs> I'm <laughs> hungry? And she goes, well, I don't see why not. I mean, if it's a delivery, as long as I get it. So I ordered myself a big old pizza and I just like ate my feelings in there. (laughs) Yes. I'm in the DOU by myself and I'm just eating a big pizza. And the nurse even laughed, but she was like, you know, it's just so nice to see that you're still trying to keep your humanity. You know, I'm not, because I never once cried, you know, I'm not going to sit there in a corner and woe is me. It's just not who I am. So it's very much sort of that mindset where I'm prepared for the worst, but I'm also not going to give in to all the negativity. I'm, and, and also, I, I knew that there was not a lot of information,
0: Yeah,
1: and I, I, I felt like, look, number one, I can panic, and I can freak out, and I can sit here and depress myself and cry, or I can say, I have a great team of doctors, which I actually did. I had a doctor, a, a, um, an infectious disease specialist who was dedicated specifically to me, which was awesome, and my nursing staff was great. So I said, I'm going to take that little bit of energy that I have, and I'm just going to... Let, let's let's team up with these guys. Let's team up with these guys and see what happens. Yeah. If I put all of my trust in them, let's see what happens. Yeah, at, and at, at I had, had moment, an amazing outcome.
0: That that moment, they're pretty much your best friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is they they gave me really good information. They seem to really genuinely care. It wasn't like, I know um, some of us might have had experiences in the doctors at the hospital where they'll come in and it's almost like they're looking at you, but they're kind of looking at the furniture in the back there. It's, it's almost like a rehearsed, okay, this is what you have. This is what you take, blah, 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 blah. Here's your work note. Have a nice day. It was like that. My doctor would come in every day, put his chair down and just sit there and have a heart to heart with me and say, Hey, This is where we are, you know, and he used to thank me. He would say, you know, I'm learning from you because I don't know any of this. And it was just this very intimate interaction. So it was very unique, which I thought was cool. Um, But I said, you know what, instead of panicking, I'm going to go ahead and trust in these guys and see what happens, right? So the first three days were terrible. The night of the third, and I remember because it was the first time I turned the TV on, I had not touched the television for three days because I was too tired. I turned it on and uh, Donald Trump was talking about this new medication that they were thinking of possibly trying.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: it was not FDA approved. They said this is definitely gonna be a trial, but it worked in France and it worked in a couple other countries. Um, And they said it was called hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. Hydroxychloroquine sulfate is the actual name. Um, So I just remember, I I thought it was cool, but I I changed it because I don't don't wanna hear about coronavirus all day. So I wake up the next morning, lo and behold, here come the doctors and they go, we want to have a conversation. We just heard about, and we got access to hydroxychloroquine sulfate and going through your chart, looking at your numbers and everything you qualify to volunteer if you so choose. But if you want to go that route, we need to have a very long and serious conversation because obviously it's a trial. I mean, you, you don't know what can happen. So we did, we had a long conversation about it. We went over the possible side effects and once everything was said and done, I, There was no way I could say no to it. I mean, the the idea that you could possibly save millions of people. And I think a lot of us as as veterans, if we went in for the right reasons, you know a little bit of what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Something you do could affect millions of people at home. That is amazing, right? So that's when I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Where do I sign? And I signed my life away again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So so we, we started it there um at this point my white blood cell count was dangerously low and this is why they were keeping me in the hospital so i do want to say if i if i can just like a huge disclaimer to everybody there is a confusion right now that the coronavirus is what puts people in the hospital so people are afraid of that that is not the case mm-hmm. and i'm trying my best to push this out to as many people as i can so the coronavirus does not put you in the hospital what the coronavirus does it's it's a virus just like everything else it lowers your white blood cell count okay when your white blood cell count is lowered, you are open to secondary infections. Mm-hmm. So that secondary infection, the most common one that's happening right now is pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you hear people going into the hospital, it's pneumonia cases. You're not going to hear anybody who was hospitalized for coronavirus and that's it. That's yeah. it. So I just want to, because I think there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people are freaking out about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So my white blood cell count was dangerously low. Um, We make the decision to start it. It was very simple. It was a small, small little pill that you take twice a day. Um, So I took it on day four. I took it again on day five. On day five was when they sort of came together. They said, all right, we checked your white blood cell count, and it spiked after the hydroxychloroquine. When I started ingesting it, they said I had a spike of white blood cells. Um, So because of my age and because of, um, you know, my healthy lifestyle and everything, they felt comfortable because they needed the bed. Um, they felt comfortable enough. <laughs> they felt comfortable enough sending me home, um, to continue the <laughs> trial at home. Um, so. <laughs> Disclaimer. um but, and, and it's true. I mean, the doctor said it just like that. He's like, look, we need the bed. You know, you're, you're 30 years old. You're healthy or you were healthy before we feel comfortable enough monitoring you from home. Yes. Yeah. So they sent me home um with basically a bunch of medicine to combat the symptoms and then the hydroxychloroquine.
0: And I'm I'm assuming your oxygen level started going back up at this time too? Yeah,
1: I mean it was it was better than it was before when I started taking the hydroxychloroquine. I was still having the most notable the most noticeable thing I think after the first week of the hospital was I would get winded very, very quickly. Yeah. Um so when they did the second so when I when I did the The um, cat scan and the x-ray the first time, they said it was more on the base of the lungs of the infection. When they did it the second time, they said that it was on the base, but it had actually grown and it went up to the back of my lungs and Mm -hmm. it was starting to climb. So It was progressively getting worse. So One thing that the doctors did say is even if the hydroxychloroquine is successful, your lungs will never go back to 100%. Mm -hmm. The reason is because there is so much damage already done to your lungs but we're not going to know what the extent is until you come back later for a follow-up. So we have to do a few more tests to see, did it get better? Did it, you know, did the damage go up? Did the damage go down? We just don't know. Um, and obviously only time will tell.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, I went home. Um, I wasn't doing a whole lot because what the hydroxychloroquine did was I took it for two days in the hospital. When I went home starting on the third day, I mean, I literally, there were moments I couldn't even move. Like, if I had to go to the restroom, you better hold it because I was not moving out of that bed. I was having these really intense sweats. Um, I was soaking through my clothing. I was soaking through my sheets. And just the energy level. I remember I, I made a video on my Facebook that you can see where I'm, just, I'm speaking. And even talking, I'm talking really slow. And you can see that I'm breathing these long, drawn-out breaths because I was so exhausted. Yeah. And that was the hydroxychloroquine working in my body. And you just feel this crazy battle going on. It was it was pretty insane. Um, so then I think at the end of the fourth day, I started noticing I started having small bouts of energy, which was nice because I hadn't really moved around in so long. Um so I would get these like 15, 20 minutes of all this awesome energy, but then I'd be down again. Yeah. Um and then day five, the energy became a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And then, as each day sort of progressed, the energy started to go up, and it it's just seems to be getting better and better ever since then. Um, so, I took that for five days. When I finished it, um, I felt honestly, I felt great. It was just like I said, if I'd move around for too much, I'd be a little winded. Um, and that's just sort of where I've been, um, yeah. the seven days after I left the hospital, I was medically cleared by the department of public health and by my doctors. Yeah. Uh, and now we're, we're looking maybe two and a half weeks that I've been cleared from everything and I'm, I'm doing great. I mean, I've, that's awesome. I've, obviously I, I don't leave too much. I've gone to the, you know, to the Walmart or to, you know, the store here and there to grab a couple things here and there. But, um, if I do a long trip where I'm shopping around a lot, I do, I did need an inhaler a couple of times, um, they did actually give me an inhaler just in case, mm-hmm. which I never used before in my life. So they had to teach me like a five-year-old how to use it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> so I does I didn't it,
0: need it does it help?
1: It, it does, it does. But I don't do two puffs. I just do one um, to sort of open me up a little bit. If I do two, it gets, makes me a little jittery. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but it, it I will say it does help; it really mm. does. Um, but that's just like if it's really extreme, if. It hasn't been too much, especially now that it's getting better. I haven't needed it um, too much. So um, usually I can just sit down and sort of breathe through it. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. so every day has been a little bit better. Um, I have been attempting to go going back to working out, but um, my workouts usually were very intense. So I've been doing a very, very mild beginning again. You know, I set up um, in my little backyard patio out here a couple things and it's been good. Yeah. I don't do anything crazy, but I've been doing enough just to sort of get my blood going. Um, And honestly, it's been amazing. And, you know, I I didn't expect it, but it did get a lot of national attention. I actually got worldwide attention because it was, I guess, playing in different countries as well. Um, So I think that I just have been sharing the story with whoever wants to hear it because there have been so many people in the world, you know, that have been messaging me saying, hey, watching your videos has... Kept, it made me keep my cool. You know, I was, I, I, suffer with anxiety. I suffer with PTSD. I suffer with, you know, depression and all these things. And they said, watching the videos, it, I I took the virus and I humanized it,
0: yeah. which
1: was my intention. Um, so that what they're saying is I made it a little bit less scary and a little bit more tolerable. Yeah. And this is why I have continued. So I did have a couple of news media outlets reach out and I said, absolutely. Hey, if we can tell the story and, and help people, let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think there's a secondary, you know, if we want to say the word, p- the pandemic that everyone's saying, yeah. we have COVID, but then there's a second one in my belief. And I think that that's mental health. Yeah. And I think right now that is just as big, if not bigger of an issue
0: Yeah.
1: And what's going on with the COVID stuff. So, and, and I can say this because I myself, and I'll, I'll I'm talking to veterans. I'll say it. I don't care. I do have PTSD. I do have traumatic brain injury from when I was in the service. Um, I do, you know, I, I get anxiety and all of the all of these things that I think a lot of us. I think we all share that we have that in common. Mm-hmm. So myself, when you see me and those that have followed my videos, I'm smiling and I'm positive and I'm a burst of energy. Yeah. But doesn't mean that I don't have my own reservations inside. Yeah. Which I do. So if me, that I'm this big old ball of joy, if I'm feeling it, I can only imagine what the next 10, you know, lined up who are not as strong are feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that that's why I've taken kind of, now that we told the story of being sick, I'm refocusing my attention on mental health because, you know, the number of domestic violence cases are climbing. It's skyrocketing right now with the police. Um, I'm afraid that the suicide rate is going to start to go up. I'm afraid that people are, you know, relapsing is about to start happening. All of these people, you know, veterans and single mothers and parents and, and so many people that have worked so hard to get to a good place, now financial hardship and, you know, the, the social lack of social interaction and all these things, I think that that's going to have such a major, major effect,
0: bigger yeah. than
1: what people think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's why I think I've been doing this, sharing the story, and there's, there's good sides to it. And then there's a lot of backlash that I'm getting too, but I feel like I need to keep going. And even more so it's like, I've been trying to do something positive every day, but now I'm getting, um, like perfect example today. I'm, I contacted the, the, um, Red Cross organization two days ago. I'm trying to give plasma to a firefighter out in Torrance. You know, I'm trying to take my negative experience and help somebody else. Yeah. And
0: I'm just gonna keep doing that, so that's sort of where I am today. Yeah, well, that's awesome.
1: That that's that was, great. That
0: was a lot. <laughs> that's that's amazing. You know, because there's you know there's so many aspects of that to, you know, it's not just veterans, but like, you know, what I mean. I, I think what's what's really hard. What I what I have been thinking about is there is a lot of civilian people out there that you know have never. Really experienced, they they might have a great, you know, their tribe. They don't have their their own great tribe, but I've always I've always thought that you know, and so I, I I shouldn't be biased, but some some civilians probably have a great mindset. But sure. you know, it's like there's something about us where a lot of us have developed you know this mindset through this tribe that we had, you know, in the military, and so it may not be just at you know just us that have it. There's probably some civilians you know. there's the police people on police forces uh, you know people on the, the the firefighting community they probably have some you know a similar mindset but you know there's this there's definitely an aspect to you know being positive and and also having that strength to get through that through it you know what I mean because without it man if you don't have like one or the other you know you know your stress can you know, stressing about something can lower your white blood cell count, too. You know, it's like yeah. you can make it you can make everything harder on your body just by stressing out about something that doesn't require you to stress out about it. You know, yeah. um, and so that's, yeah. it's really hard to be tough when you're when you're stressed out. Too. <laughs> so like, like, so. Well,
1: that's what I was just about to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say um, that exactly what you just said. It's so hard to be tough when you're so stressed out and you're going through all of these things. So it's very interesting because in the hospital, like I said, I didn't, I never allowed myself to feel it. I never allowed myself to say, Hey, this is scary. Hey, I'm alone. These are real things that were happening. I was, it's terrifying to have these astronaut people (laughs) treating like you're not a human being. You know, it's just, it's this whole thing, you know, you where I can't breathe and I'm alone. So I think, I went through the whole thing, I went through the motions, I was medically cleared, and it wasn't until, there was a video that was created by um, USA Today, which is a very large um, very large media outlet, and they made this video, basically, they compiled a bunch of my videos in the hospital to where my recovery, and there was something about that video that I push play, and they went through all of my hospital videos, and it was very quick clips, and it went through it, and I'm it was insane, as I'm watching this video, I, for the first time, I felt every single emotion in every single moment that I watched. By the end of the video, I was completely in tears for the first time. Yeah. And I don't care. I'll admit it. I cried like a baby yeah. because I did, because I think that it's, it's that toughness of, hey, I, I don't. Want to feel it? I can't. I have to be positive, especially when you have a platform like I did, where I'm sharing yeah. with the world. I don't want to be crying. I don't want to be, you know, doing all these things. Um, but I did have that moment, and I, I completely broke down because, you know, I was able to finally say, or to validate myself and say, "Hey, this was a terrible thing that I just went through, yeah. and I'm okay." And that was a very emotional moment for me. And it did take a couple of weeks to even get there. Um, so I think that's another reason why I've been so candid with all of my stuff, because I want to tell everybody like, it's okay to, to be emotional. It's okay to not be okay right now. It's okay to, you know, there's this stigma going out right now that like, I, I read an article saying that if you're not doing something productive, like material wise, that you are failing. And I'm saying no, that that's completely false. I think there's a lot of people right now that if you're making it through the day, yeah, and still have your life, and you didn't pick up a needle, and you didn't pick up a bottle, that right there, to me, you you won, you did it, you you made it through the day, and people are losing sight of that. Yeah. So I'm just trying to remind everybody, like it's a, it's a different battle for everyone, and it's okay to feel, and it's okay to to you know i, I want to be that voice yeah so that's sort of what i've been doing yeah
0: i definitely related i immediately hooked on and related with you and you spoke about the mental aspects of it because there's not you know there's not a lot of people that really quite understand like you know coming out of the hospital when you've been in there for a long time and no one's visited you and all those human aspects, I've never had the experience that. I don't know if I want to. And all those human aspects are taken away from you. And then when you get discharged and you finally get to step out in the sun for the first time, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that was, uh, you know, that was that was a roller coaster of a ride. <laughs> you know? well,
1: I remember feeling the wind and I was just like, whoa, what? <laughs> it was it was very intense, but it's very it's very surreal for
0: yeah. sure that's 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 insane that you have such an incredible story and you know i i i don't think a lot of veterans have have heard it yet but they probably will you know now (laughs) you know and so that's my that's my hope you know because a lot of everyone everyone has their own opinions everyone's saying this or that and it's like you know it's like if it's working for for some people great don't take it away from them you know don't don't take someone else's experience away from them just because it worked for them you know what I mean and it's like you know there's so many myths and there's so many rumors out there that are going around and and there's so many keyboard I call them keyboard warriors because they're sitting there behind their phone screen acting tough when in real life they're not the toughest person in any they're not tough at all you know and it's like
1: that alone is a huge battle that I let me tell you <laughs> yeah
0: just ignore them just yeah yeah don't and,
1: and I think the, the scary thing is um, I, and we have to remember you know the keyboard warriors they've been there this is not something that happened overnight they, oh, they've yeah. been there this is it's social media the issue I, I think is not so much the keyboard you know the, that specific group mm-hmm. I think now which is regular everyday people. So what's happening is we don't have people who are just sitting in their mom's basement all day. That That's its own group. These are now normal, functioning, this could be our neighbor, this could be your friend, this could be your boss,
0: Yeah.
1: who have lost their jobs, who are financially struggling, who are not with their families, are absolutely terrified and are in survival mode.
0: Yeah.
1: That to me scares me more than a keyboard warrior that lives in the basement. You yeah. Know? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And that... Is what I've been dealing with, and it's so scary because it's I can I can handle people cussing me out online. I could handle the conspiracies because mm. let me tell you the conspiracy yeah. theorists it it, it it cracks me up. Um, that's that's what that's is really scary, interesting. What is scary is I've been getting actual threats from people, and I actually had to call the the police department and look. You know, it, it, it's been such a big ordeal. Yeah. Because what's happening is these folks because they're 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 afraid. They are so quick to try to debunk, they're quick to try to say you're a fake or whatever else, because I think this time is, you know, being secluded is forcing you to deal with yourself. It's forcing you to spend time with yourself and to really face that hey, we're not invincible. And the same way that I had that humbling moment, I think it's happening to a lot of people and that is terrifying. Some people can't handle that. Yeah. So what's happening here is people are losing it a little bit. They're 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 terrified and they're lashing out however they can so I have had hate groups um dedicated to me I have had people who have attacked me I mean it's been it's been insane and
0: you know you can send them my way I'll make them public on my you
1: know I I know that all of us know this but like me specifically I work in the security world we know what worst-case scenario could be. We yeah. know that you can line up a hundred, you know, 100 people who just talk, <laughs> but what it takes as one person. Yeah. Who maybe he wasn't just talking. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look what has history shown you, us.
0: You never know who you're talking. I I got a confession like cuz so I've I've had I always get those I always get these weird weird creeps. I, I don't know if they're real, but they'll like message uh, you probably get them, but they'll like message you on Instagram. Yeah. And it'll be like it'll show up as like a message request from someone you don't even know, and I'll sit there, and you know Instagram has a has an option for you to to face dial them, so I'll, I'll sit there and I'll sit there and call them off my Instagram. I'm <laughs> like I'm not afraid. Like what are you gonna do? I'll sit there and call them and call them until they answer. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Well, see if I did that, I'd probably get a different reaction.
0: But that's awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, like I fight back with fire. like, <laughs> Oh, like, you're going to send this to me. I'm like, let's talk, man. Answer your phone. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: and see, I think for me, because, you know, I, I am a single woman. You know, I live alone. Yeah. There, there's so many things that, don't get me wrong, if we got to fight, we'll fight. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I got to defend myself. I mean, just like I think every single one of us, that's what we were trained to do. We, yeah. we will fight until we can't fight anymore. Yeah. But how do you fight crazy? Yeah, how, exactly. You know, that's a whole other you know I, you'll get bit yeah and <laughs> yeah, we're not prepared for that man,
0: <laughs> like, man there's some so, some people out there are like whoo man they are just there are yeah, some special again, people a lot out there of
1: it is associated with that fear it's just i am the way that I've been speaking, I'm not speaking, I'm not pretending to have any medical knowledge yeah. because I just, I'm not pretending to to know more or less. Than, I, I am speaking true to my experience and my this experience alone and experience. I'm very clear about that and I think that's scaring people. You know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be sick because if I'm sick, that means they can get sick. So they're going to do everything in their power. You know, I had somebody said that they will not rest until they expose me. And they're, you know, they're going to, they've been contacting the city and they've been calling, contacting the fire departments. And it's just, it's been so crazy. They, good luck. (laughs) they want to prove that I'm fake so that they don't feel if I'm a fake, I get sick.
0: Good luck to them.
1: So it's, it's just, it's been a lot, but like I said, I've, I've sort of, there was a couple days that I'm going to be, because I'm ha- I'm being as honest with, with you as I can, and I'm going to continue to be, there was like two days there that I did go off the radar because, you know, not only am I going through this whole thing alone, not only did I just fight for yeah. my life in the hospital, you know, on top of everybody shunning you. Now I have people threatening my life, yeah, you know? I would wake up in the morning. I'd go to sleep very peaceful. You wake up and you've got, you know, 50 messages of people sending you screenshots of hate groups about you, saying what they're going to do to you. And just as much as you want to shun it away. And it's not like I want to look at it. I open up a message that someone sent me and it's right yeah, there. It's, so it's not like I'm actively looking well, for it's it. That but that
0: bad.
1: Well, it's come, it's It hurts. It's yeah. a very painful thing. And I'm not going to pretend to be invincible. It yeah. did hurt. And, um, I've been dealing with it, and and I think I luckily I've been able to sort of shift my focus to, to positive things. But I I am the first one to admit, you know I, and and I'm pushing this out there because people need to understand it's okay. I have already reached out for mental health um, services. I actually already have my first appointment set up, and I'm going to continue with that because I want to deal with it in a healthy way yeah. because it did affect me and it has affected me. And that's
0: what a lot of people don't understand is like, twos. is. Like so, it's absolutely one hundred percent okay to go get help, yeah, and to be open about it. Like you don't have to hide anything. I mean, most healthy individuals, especially your friends, the one you'll find out real quick who your closest friends are because they're not going to judge you for anything that you're going through if you're open to them about it. And that's how I've have found all my friends. Every single one of them, everyone that's ever stood by me. For my issues, you know, they have turned out to be some of my best friends today, yeah. and and the ones that haven't dipped out and ran, did something else, or you know, or or it's the opposite. You know, you see it in someone else. He'd be like, "Hey, man, are you okay?" And then as soon as you like ask them if they're okay or suggest something, you know, they completely shun you for it. You know, how, how you know and some people, it's hard for them to like admit that that they need help. You know, they try to handle it for years. Yeah. Years on their own and they're not being successful. It's like when you've handled it for years on your own and your friends coming up to you, like, don't don't do not get mad at them if they're suggesting, you know, you go get help. Do not get mad because they're trying to be your friend. They're trying they're trying to be there for you. And that's the kind of friend that you want.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I do. And like I said, I think that because I am saying these things it's a little too real for some people. I think some people are not ready to face their own demons. And I think that's why some folks are so quick to want to shut me down because, Hey, that's a taboo. We don't talk about
0: that. Yeah.
1: And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to shun it away because on top of all of these mental health, now there's the keyboard warriors, but then there's also this second piece to it, which is new. And what is happening right now is if you are associated with COVID, you are now this dirty dirty thing that we don't go near right That's so and weird. let me let me it's this stigma and let, let me tell you what i mean and I, every <laughs> single person watching this is going to it's going to relate yeah Many of you have walked into a store in the last month okay and you're walking around and number one nobody's making eye contact cuz god forbid if you make eye contact covid right
0: yeah i know um, right but apart from so that, weird
1: <laughs> apart from that how many of you have you're in the store and you're shopping, and you get this anxiety like, oh my God, I feel a cough coming. Oh my God, I feel a sneeze. <laughs> my nose is itching. As soon oh as you God. cough,
0: everyone stares at you.
1: And you start, <laughs> and you're doing everything in your power to keep the <laughs> sneeze in or just to, because, yeah. okay, you know what I'm talking about,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, I, just, I did that. I, I had this. I had stitches in the back of my throat from this throat surgery, and I'm walking around with this. With I got this gas mask on because, you know, you know I got a forge and, and all this other stuff that I, I'll work with. And I'm walking around the grocery store because, you know, I just had surgery. My, my immune system is completely whacked. It's completely yeah. weakened. I can't get it at all because I'll be screwed. And I'm walking around and I'm, I start asking one of the uh, the, uh, one of the the one of people that work in the grocery store. is like, where's something? I can feel a stitch tickle on my throat. And then in, my, in my mask, I'm like... <clears throat> Yeah, he was like. So,
1: so, okay, so get this. So that is a micro, micro reaction to what I said. So that feeling of anxiety that you felt in that moment of that little tickle in the back of your throat, that moment of, oh, God, here it comes, and it's coming up, and you know it's coming, and then you let that cough out, and you get that terrible reaction from someone. Take that and expand it to my entire life. Yeah, now awful. for anyone who is anyone who sees me it's like they're going to take 10 steps back and go hey good to see you and then take another 10 steps back it doesn't matter how many times I say I'm recovered it doesn't matter if I take a negative test if I've been cleared that is gone
0: that's awful I'll
1: have a permanent stamp across my forehead that says COVID-19 positive
0: that's awful. and
1: it's a shame because of that like I'll give you an example so um maybe a week or Ago. yeah my very best friend she's basically a sister to me okay she's closer to me than family. Um, mind you I have been totally alone since the ninth of last month it's now the 15th yeah. of this month that's a very long time to be alone and you know I talked to my girlfriend and I was kind of telling her how I was feeling and you know with the cyber bullying and just everything else I, I was kind of emotional so my friend she decides to pay me a visit she comes to my house you know I um, just to be safe, we did put a mask on because we, we're silly and we we thought it was funny. And then um, we went to take a picture and then we're like, oh, this would be so much fun to like... Because my girlfriend and I were crazy. We, we like to dance around. Yeah, you guys around. look like
0: so we're having fun. We're like,
1: let's make a video. And we were just... We were like, we don't care what we look like. <laughs> let's just go. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And for that moment, I was not COVID-19 positive. Yeah. I was event yeah just for that moment yeah and it was such a strong powerful moment for me like it was mentally people don't understand I needed that yeah you know when people talk about essential that at that moment was essential to me yeah so I post the video oh my god I must have woken up with maybe 200 messages calling me every name in the book cursing me out to all hell saying how dare you endanger your friend's life
0: oh my god and that
1: i was a monster and that i was gonna go to hell because i endangered her yeah and i'm just sitting here like i don't know i'm not gonna sit there and try to explain to every single person because this is my business but i know i did make a video kind of explaining to people like hey it was an essential visit like back off a little bit you know I, i need this moment i i need you know, yeah. if it's if it's and then and then I, I read something later that it was talking about essential, like who who can determine what's essential? You know, let's say and and I think the example was like if there was um, a guy who walks into Walmart and he's buying a thing of paint. You could sit there and point at him all day and say, hey, that's not essential. How dare you? But how do you know that him painting is not his release because he was addicted to heroin yeah. his whole life? How do you know? that, that you, you don't know. Yeah. So I think that this is the perfect timing for us to sort of take a step back and breathe and remember that just because somebody gets sick or just because whatever it is, if they're still a human being. Yeah. You know, we don't need to shun people. We don't need to, to attack them because we feel, number one, we're not doctors. Number two... Unless you were going through the process with them in the hospital and everything, you don't know where you they are in their recovery. Like. You don't know what's going on.
0: Everyone, everyone's experience is going to be different, you know. And like, it's—I'm no scientist. I know a little bit about biology because my background's in there, you know. And it's like, you know, the MERS, MERS, the virus was causing holes in, in people's lungs, and that yeah. was all from their immune system overreacting. It wasn't even from the virus itself, and so it's like everyone is gonna, everyone's gonna have a different, a completely different experience than the person to the right and the person to their left, and then yes. the the crummy part is gonna be like, like you said, the the after, because it doesn't end there, because then you got it's this is such a big, it's it's such a big event that, you know, it carries on through our mental health, you know, in 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 a way, it's almost like. It's almost like, they're almost like PTSD symptoms from what I've been hearing from people. Yeah. You know, they're very, very similar to PTSD symptoms. Yeah. And people don't really understand, you know, what those, you know, because it's almost like that can for some people turn into like a survival mechanism. It can for some people turn into a depression. It just depends on how you react to it and how you're able to control it and manage it. And, and everyone's going to be different in managing it too. But, you know, it's like that mental toughness right there comes boils down to you who's in your tribe you know it's like the the crappy part is going to be for some people some people are going to have to go down there. And like I had, I had comments are, some people are going to have to go down to the gates of hell and knock yeah. on it by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be really crappy, but it's often better times if you can do that with someone else, <laughs> you can do that no, together. I absolutely
1: agree with the statement that you just made, because I am somebody with, I, I was previously diagnosed with PTSD. So that would probably be the best way to describe it. Because when I talked about the USA today video, I relived every second of that video. Like literally as I'm watching it, I am, Sitting in that hospital, I'm going like it was insane, and this is something that I'm now carrying with me. And there's little, and I, I hate to even use this word because people are like, Oh, well, you're weak if you use that word. I don't care. Yeah. There are little triggers, there are comments that some folks would make. You know, when people started saying that I faked painful, yeah, because I know what I went through, it was extremely difficult mentally, it wore me. So to have people attempting to discredit me. You know, to, to try to say that I faked it. I mean, it, it just, it's one of those things where you start laughing for the first little bit, but then when it continues and it continues and it continues, it's it, it does hurt. It yeah. does. And not only did you suffer this terrible thing, but now people are trying to take that away from you. Yeah. Trying to say, no, you didn't. That's not true. And I don't think people understand the mental wear that that does to a person. I don't care how tough you are, I don't yeah. care how strong you are. It's painful. Right. Yeah. And, You know, it's almost like
0: forcing them to go back down and knock on the gates of hell again.
1: Yeah, it it pretty much
0: does. And that's that's a horrible thing to do to do to a person.
1: Oh, yeah. And the thing is, there's also there's more. There's more. So listen to this. So on top of the stigma, the personal battle that you're going through, the mental health. Well, just like all of you, I am also financially affected. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if people forgot that. I work. You know, as soon as I got sick, I I stopped working and, you know, because of the fear and because of the stigma. Now, now let me, let me start off by saying I'm very well liked and respected in my job. I am one of the, um, team, I'm, you know, I'm one of the leaders in in my company and even now I've been cleared. Yeah. I've been, you know, I'm ready to go and they're just not ready to have me back at work. Now it's not, it's not something where they don't want me there it's nothing like that it's just it's a very very unique circumstance this Mm. is not like hey i caught strep throat here's my doctor's note i'm back this is very different because we don't know how the virus behaves we don't know you know there's there's rumors out there saying that this might even lie dormant in you where you test negative and then it reactivates and comes back we just don't have enough information so as much as i would love to go back to work and they would love Mm -hmm. to have me back is it really safe right now is it really is this the best time for me to really go and potentially be around all these people and that at the same time my body's still healing mm-hmm. my antibodies are still building back up so i could potentially be exposed to something else there's so much there so i'm not making any money on top of all this you know yeah. and i know everybody thinks i'm getting paid but I'm not yeah. you know I, I, it's the news you don't get paid to be on the news come on people It's gonna be
0: a, it's <laughs> gonna be a while before we know how everything about this virus and
1: exactly one of the, exactly. one of
0: the things that that I, I, I read um, one scientific report and you know it's every every scientific every, what people need to realize too is every scientific report is just that it's just a report and they can be criticized by other scientists. Right. They can be downplayed as you know, they had some errors in, in their methods or, or whatever, and then, you know, on top of that, if, because if, I'm heavily heavily involved in the scientific community, if you want a, a good report, make sure that the journal that is reporting it is a reliable journal. People just go out there, and they'll look for something that says dot, from something from that says dot org, and it, they'll think it's true, and none of it's true. You'll see, like, the, the source that came from... You click on the source and it doesn't even pull up anything. And it's like
1: and this is the big issue that I was telling you about this before we went on is all of this bad information that's going out because yes, there are people who exactly like you said, they're they're doing reports and they're doing all these things, but that does not necessarily mean that what's being reported is a fact. These are different different pieces of information that are being put out there for different reasons, but these folks are you know, they'll read one article. They have no idea where it came from, but like you said, it's a .org. So that, I like that one. That one sort of answers, it, it fits me. Well, or
0: satisfies their serotonin levels.
1: <laughs> yeah, or, or, even better, people love horror films. People love, that's why, you know, when you watch the news, it's all tragic. Yeah. People love tragedy. They love to be afraid. So, ooh, this is the scariest one. Oh, there's all these positive reviews, but you know what? There's this one report and it, that one sounds terrifying. So that's where I'm going to take it. I'm going to spew that out to the world. So I think that is the, the scariest thing right now is all these quote unquote experts that have now mm-hmm. come out because they read one or two things that are not necessarily from a credible source. Yeah.
0: That's why like lately I've been like the only news source I've been getting my news from is from task and purpose. Cause I, I'm like, I can't read anything else. I'm like, it's so so negative. I'm like, (laughs) at least task and purpose. I I
1: can't tell you how many times I look at things and I just roll my eyes. I'm like, really, you guys? Yeah.
0: yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, and a part of me is just like, oh, man. You know, because I'm heavily involved in that in the scientific community, especially over here, you know, I'm, I'm doing my master's in in a remote sensing and it's like I know how this process works and like you know when I did watch the news it's like well they're reporting numbers but they're not telling you how accurate those numbers are and I'm like to an extent I'm like well that's not the politician's fault that's the scientist's fault because that should be reported <laughs> it's just yeah. the politicians you know reporting you know they don't know what they're yeah. doing they're not that's not their yeah. area
1: That's <laughs> a whole
0: other conversation yeah but, and then yeah, people but I, but I Agree. People I are freaking out and it's yes, like and you gotta tell I keep telling all my friends, I'm like, stop paying attention to the numbers, you're just gonna freak yourself out.
1: I stopped listening a long time ago. I, I and I, I did I said it in one video and I said I'm only gonna say this one time and I'm dropping it. I said, If you start anything that is progressing at zero, that is progressing. Yeah. The numbers are gonna go up because you're starting at zero. Yeah. So that's what I tried telling everybody like yeah you know what it sounds scary but of course the numbers are growing there were no tests there was nothing yeah. so you're coming from the number zero and if you think about how many people you have it's just I just I, I've been trying to tell everybody like don't allow yourself to panic just relax and and focus instead of focusing on that just I focus mean on how many of us have been at our job even if you love your job this you is know it. you're you know 10 12 hours in and you're like oh my god I wish I could be home with my girlfriend boyfriend spouse kids whatever guess what you have been given this awesome gift as much as it sucks because maybe, you know, some of us aren't getting paid or whatever. Yeah. You got your kids at home, man. You got your dude at home. You got your woman at home. Yeah. Enjoy them. Just take that energy that you're putting into that stupid newscast and counting numbers and just enjoy your family. Yeah. You know what
0: i mean? I, I, what I did for myself, cause I, I live alone, you know, I'm from California. I was born up, up by writing, you know, only a few hours away from you and I, I might be making the trip home here soon. I'm going to drive if I have to. I'm not flying, that's for sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, it's it's like, you know, what I've done for myself, you know, because I, I rarely see, you know, I go visit some of my buddies, you know, Mac, I call him my co-host because he's usually on with me. You know, he's been one of the greatest friends I've had out here. But, you know, what I've done is I've made a list of, like, all these things that I want to do since I've, I've spent so much time alone yeah. Like, I'm practicing the guitar over here, like, you know, almost every day now. I made a list of, like, my weaknesses that I know that I struggle with. You know, there's some things, as soon as I see them, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be lazy. I don't want to do this. You know, yeah. I made a list. Well, I'm going to work. I'm going to use this time, yeah. you know, that I'm afforded to, you know, knock out something that I suck at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've been sitting here contemplating, man, I'm like, I could totally go like learn I could teach myself like how to paint I could order some like painting materials and like teach myself how to paint or something And like there's so many things that you could do that you've never done before now that you have more time alone so yeah you got a puppy yeah. the other day didn't you what,
1: what yeah I did I did I did um, <laughs> actually yeah I got a puppy um just because again I, I I felt myself kind of spiraling I don't like to use that word because it wasn't it wasn't extreme, but I did feel my, I started to feel my energy shift yeah, in in a negative way. And I said, you know what? I need to, I need to do something to catch myself and to redirect. And I mean, I've been wanting another one for about a year now. My dude, my, my dog about a year and a half. He's almost two and he's always alone. So I'm like, you know what? This would be a perfect time. Cause I, the only thing that was stopping me was I do work a lot. Um, I might working anywhere from 50 to 70 hours a week. So you got to train a puppy and I didn't have time. So I'm like, you know what? If I get one it'll be an opportunity for me to go positive again, to yeah. to refocus, recenter myself and just put some love and, and affection into this little innocent little thing. So for me, it has completely like it's is put that, me in
0: totally space. <laughs> is that what we hear right now? Is it what? Is that what what I'm hearing right now?
1: No, I think that's a crying child outside. Oh. <laughs> You no, know, my How was it over sure? there down with his legs in the air like this. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, but 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 I mean I the dog could be a metaphor for anything. Yeah. You know, Something that, that you're passionate about, something where you can refocus yourself and, and sort of re reconnect. Um, yeah, I definitely think this is a great opportunity. And even if you're just thinking about it, you know, maybe maybe you didn't get it done today or yesterday, but the fact that your mind is going there, that's a positive thing. You're, you're starting to think about self-improvement even though you might be sitting there watching Tiger King for the fourth yeah. it's
0: okay. <laughs> I still haven't even watched that
1: <laughs> oh, I recommend anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's at least getting people into a thought process of starting to yeah. do something positive so something I'm all for it
0: yeah. so, man if there was one thing that, that you wanted to let people know to, like, you know, the last little bit that you think that would help people, like, understand this, and then, you know, how how they could reach out, like, you know, if they're struggling mentally in this time, like, what what would you, what would be, like, your, your message that you'd want to tell people?
1: Yeah, so I think, after everything, the main message that I can really tell every single person who's watching, who's listening, is... Whatever you do, hold on to your humanity and hold on to who you are. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm saying this is because I'm noticing a huge shift. Um, People are losing themselves.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. They're getting lost. And that's okay. It's okay. But just do whatever you can to try to refind yourself when you're done going through whatever you're going through. Remember who you were before this happened. Um, remember all the great qualities that you have as a human being, because we're going to need that when the world comes back in,
0: Yeah. when
1: I think when we, when we come back in, everyone thinks it's going to go right back to the way it was. It's not, yeah. there's going to be a lot of people who are mentally affected. There's yeah. going to be a lot of people who are going to continue to live in fear for a long time. Yeah. And I think that the, the best thing we can contribute as individuals when we open back up is to try to regain your sense of humanity, you know, yeah. um, remember that we are all valuable and we, nobody is less than nobody is, you know, instead of walking around with your nose stuck up in the air, like, Oh, I'm the cleanest thing around. Remember that we all coexisted in this world before this happened.
0: Yeah.
1: And even though we had issues, it it worked out. Okay. You know, I've been here for about 30 years and I'm doing all right. Yeah. I just, I think that's the most important thing. Um, and if you are somebody who needs any kind of help, Um, I myself actually am going to start looking into support groups, Um, you know, if we need to do something more private, I'm going to start logistically seeing what I can do. Um, If you need any help, especially if you are a service-connected veteran, they have have resources for us. You guys, call the VA, you know, ask for help. It does not make you weak. It's okay to ask for help. And even if you're not comfortable doing that, there are so many veterans and, you know, from the shortest to the tallest, big, fat, whatever so many veterans who could be feeling exactly like you, Yeah. who you know, we, there, there's gatherings, there's different things that we could be doing to help each other. So I think that would be the most important thing that I would say is do not lose yourself and just don't give up, yeah. just hang up a little longer because this will pass, it will, and if, if you ever get to a point where, you, where you're in despair and you feel like it's the end, Call someone, you know. There, the hotlines are still open. There are so many mental service people out, or mental health services people out there that are still working. Yeah. You know, they, I have a couple of friends that are therapists. that are saying, "I want people to call me."
0: Yeah.
1: It breaks my heart that people aren't calling. They say we want people to reach out, so um, we got to hold on to each other right now, especially us. We like, like you say, we have a tribe. We have this beautiful brotherhood that we were gifted, um, yeah. and I think that we need to use it as much as we can.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, last question now this is totally not related to this apocalypse that's going on but <laughs> <laughs> it could be if the end of the world was coming would you prefer aliens or zombies and why
1: i have a question for your question <laughs>
0: let's hear it
1: are we talking walking dead zombies or that other movie with the brad pitt those uh, crazy i would zombies?
0: totally i would totally go walking dead zombies
1: Okay, then I would do zombies. Because oh. I had to fight those zombies from that one movie where they're stacking on top of each other and running like crazy. I I don't know if I make it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, wait, what it. World Z. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, World it's Z. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I don't imagine I hope zombies don't turn out like that. <laughs>
1: I mean we, we can work with them if there's yeah problems. yeah we can like work with them I would not mess with because they got stuff that we, we don't I can't even imagine I,
0: I would you know I would want to be to be honest a lot of my amputee friends are going to be mad at me for saying this I, I'm, I'm always jealous of my, my amputee my arm amputee friends because some of them they get the robotic hand robotic hands and I'm like I'm so you know I'm so mad at you I'm like, and they're like why I'm like because you can flip people off with that and be like it's malfunctioning <laughs> But I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, you know, you could actually use that thing to stuff it in the zombie's mouth and not get bit. Oh, that's
1: awesome. No, see, well, I did, well, I mean, the cool thing about you, because you said you have one or
0: two legs. I have, I'm missing one, but I have a bunch of, I have a bunch of backups.
1: Well, see. Well, th- what I mean is, is you have just one that you haven't amputated. So when you watch the Tiger King, there's this guy. He had uh, he had, it's a he's a double amputee You know, double, double amputee. And he had these legs made. They're so cool, and it's literally all painted. Oh, They're cool. painted like uh, like tattoos. Oh wow! So he puts them on. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And yeah, t- definitely take a look because I think it, you may not be able to flip people off, <laughs> but do something cool with the legs. This is like a
0: cool body piercing def- now
1: it's really cool it's really
0: cool yeah all right I'll keep I'll, I'll have to look at it <laughs> <laughs>